1: What's up, guys? Welcome to another episode of the No Gimmicks podcast. I'm your humble host, as always, Brady Leonard. Hopefully, you guys are having a terrific week. A great show for you today I was joined by my friend Caesar Ibarra from Freedom Works, uh, and we kept it relatively light today. We discussed uh, what both of us are thankful for in the world of politics over the last year. Uh, I think you guys will really enjoy that. Before I get to Caesar, guys, if you haven't already, please follow us on Twitter at No Gimmicks Pod. Please subscribe on iTunes, SoundCloud, Google Play, Spotify, wherever you get your podcast. Make sure to subscribe. Uh, if you are an Apple user, please take a few seconds to leave us a five star rating and a good review would really appreciate that and if you like the show and want to get involved you can support us monthly over on patreon patreon.com slash the no gimmicks podcast right without further ado the great caesar ibarra all right guys we're here with my brother caesar ibarra from freedom Works. caesar how you been man brady i've been well thanks for hanging me on absolutely so uh Thanksgiving special today, we're going to be uh, giving some examples of things we're, we're thankful for uh, in, in this year in the world of politics. But first, we have to we have to get to a couple of things first before we get to some positivity. We, we have to uh, uh, we have to start with um, the latest corporate press narrative completely <clears throat> collapsing. Um, we've seen this before. It'll happen again. Um, we've had several days now of Democrats and journalists Blaming Republicans and Trump and and Tucker Carlson and you know every you know whoever for this shooting at a gay club in Colorado Springs, turns out the shooter is non-binary and goes by the pronouns they them, um, so classic classic Republican uh, you know Tucker Carlson viewer right there, um, you know I'm surprised they didn't claim that he said this is MAGA country before he started shooting.
0: Yeah, yeah, I mean, this is, this is a as you mentioned, this is a classic example of the media jumping to the gun, right? Something bad goes, happens, and they immediately go and point fingers. It's instead of doing their job, doing their due diligence and trying to figure out who this guy was, what his motives were, all these things that normal journalists would do before going out there and starting to smear um, their political opponents, which are Republicans. So these guys are not journalists. I think the word, jur- any, any, nowadays, anybody can be a journalist, right? So you know i think they're you know there's these guys are just simply uh, political hacks that's what i call them you know that end up working for some credible news outlet and all of a sudden they're they're credible journalists but no um you know it's really sad honestly because it does a disservice to the families who you know are, are enduring all of the suffering of their loved ones dying um, and the the press just doesn't care. They don't care about getting it right. They only care about creating a political narrative around tragic issues like this one. So it's 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 sad.
1: Yeah, yeah, it definitely is. And I mean, the the press and the <laughs> regime, all they're gonna do is pivot pivot um, from the homophobia or anti trans or whatever narrative to gun control. You know, that's their play. That's that's what they're gonna do. They you know they blamed uh, homophobia on the on the gay club shooting in Orlando a couple years ago until they found out that the shooter was a Muslim. Um then they just seamlessly transition to gun control. You know, if if it's a if it's somebody that is an ally of the left and then they talk about gun control and if it's you know, a white guy or a straight white guy, they you know, they talk about racism or, or whatever. And I mean, you know, obviously no journalist or politician who shamelessly lied about this will be punished. I mean they they're not even gonna delete tweets or edit articles, you know. No. They they just no, move not, on seamlessly,
0: yeah. You know? You know, that's why that's why I enjoyed watching uh, uh, Carrie Lake, who was running for governor in Arizona, um, because she, you know, in her press conferences. Right. And she, you know, she's a former journalist. Um, Like for 30 years, she was uh, on air in in, in the local Fox outlet in, in Arizona. But she was going toe to toe with the press and calling them out on their on their BS, sort of taking a playbook from Donald Trump in 2016 and how he dealt with the press and and also throughout his presidency. And it was just beautiful to watch. I encourage you all who are listening to just YouTube Carrie Lake goes after the press. It's 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 great. And and honestly, we need more politicians and people in power um, holding journalists to a higher standard because um, it, that that really is like these guys talk about threats to democracy all the time. Threats to democracy are journalists who all they do is spin the news to advance the left agenda.
1: Yeah, I mean their their agenda it's 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 lazy too, man. You know, like it's it's never really been it's never been the Republican. Like has has their narrative ever held up from Orlando, Colorado Springs, Jesse Smollett, all the the race hoaxes, hands up, don't shoot. I mean it's it's never. It's never true. I mean, I can't think of a time where the corporate media narrative has actually held up. And and one more thing before we get to what we're thankful for. Um, The Biden administration is trying to ruin Thanksgiving again. I don't know if you saw this, Caesar, but this morning, White House Chief of Staff Ron Klain um, tweeted out a, a sheet of uh, regime propaganda talking points and told Democrats to repeat the propaganda to their families. So I mean, it is really it's it's the most cringeworthy stuff I've ever seen. And Democrat, well, if Democrats listening to this, please don't do this.
0: Please don't. Well, Ron, Ron Klain is just Ron Klain is a total master at just tweeting out horrible hot takes. Um, so, you know, this is just another example of that. So, yeah, I mean, Ron Klein, you know, he's I mean, he's the shadow president, really, because Biden, obviously, we all know that he's not 100 percent there. And, and this is pretty much the shadow presidency of Ron Klain and all of his cronies at the White House.
1: Yeah. And I mean, I get I get why a lot of Democrat voters would want to promote propaganda, propping up somebody like Obama. At least Obama was like, you know, kind of a cool guy. Right. You know, an you know, intelligent. It's like don't don't be clown yourselves to your families <laughs> for Joe Biden. Like trust me, Democrats, Joe Biden ain't worth it. Please don't do it. Do not do this. Do not annoy your families over an eighty-year-old, dementia-ridden clown. I mean, it is just come on, guys, come on. Obama was one thing, but you can't, in all good conscience, believe the propaganda about this man. It's just not worth
0: it. It's bad.
1: So let's take a break from our usual programming to reflect on things that we are thankful for in the world of politics this past year. Obviously, there's been a lot of bad news, mostly bad news. Um, things aren't great out there. Democrats have wrecked the economy. We're all poorer than we were a year ago, but we've had some, you know quite a few positive developments as well. I'll go first. Um, we have to start with the overturning of Roe v. Wade. Um, obviously, evil, despicable law that was finally overturned. Um, the The battle is far from over. We're actually losing ground uh, in the wake of, of Roe v Wade. Voters are uh, even in Montana and, and Kansas and, and you know states that you think would be anti-abortion. People are voting for radical abortion policy. Um, but states like Texas and, and others have all but banned abortion. So even even if no states banned abortion, it's still a massive victory you know because now we actually get to convince Absolutely. voters. Um, and we get to elect state legislators who will do the right thing. And, and we couldn't we couldn't do that a year ago. And to be honest, man, I got emotional in June when that decision came down. I, I maybe it's just my own cynicism, but I didn't think it would ever happen. You know, I I thought justices would cave. You know, they were getting a lot of death threats. There's obviously the assassination attempt of uh, Brett Kavanaugh. Um, I just figured it wouldn't work out. So, um, yeah, man, this was a big really- one.
0: Well, it's a big, and it's something that the conservative movement had been pushing for for, you know, decades, and, and we were able to finally get this victory. And, and and another good thing about this is it also, to your point, it helps us educate people, you know, especially from our side of FreedomWorks, that, at, you know, educating people on, on federalism, right, on what how important this is that, hey, the federal government doesn't have, you know, the right to do X, Y, and Z. This this issue of abortion should be left up to the states because the Constitution says so, and you know you can read the the, the you can read the decision that um that the justices wrote that that highlight exactly um uh, their constitutional rationale for pushing the question of abortion back to the states. It's very important, and um that's I think that's another positive side of it that we got to test our constitutional uh, boundaries, and you know it went when you know thankfully it went our way.
1: Yeah. No, absolutely, man, absolutely. I, I never thought I'd see the day, you know. But glory to God, it actually happened, and yeah, yeah, man, it's it's big. I, you know, but we'll we'll look back at twenty twenty two as the year that Roe v. Wade was overturned. I think that will be uh, 100%. A, a major inflection point in in the history of the country yeah and what
0: you know people i mean the american people i think are generally pretty pro-life still it's like okay when you ask the first question right are you you know are you for abortion or against abortion a lot of people are going to say well i'm I'm for some sort of abortion right i think you know when people say america's a pro-choice country i think on the first question that may be true but on the second question of well at what stage would you limit abortion i think that's where the pro-life movement wins in public opinion um you know so we'll see how the state legislatures start testing out these you know questions of you know up until when will they be allowing abortion in 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 some places right
1: yeah absolutely and republicans need to get better um they really need to step up their game in in terms of messaging and educating the public um democrats are democrats are tricky and they're way better at politics than republicans um, and in you know a couple of weeks ago in the midterms states like Michigan states like Montana um, they you know they they had these proposals on the ballot that were deceptively worded that you know and and these democratic hacks in, in the press and in you know state houses everywhere were able to convince voters to vote for these radical bills where you know in Michigan they they voted now that if a baby a a full term 9 month old baby uh survives an abortion the doctor can now legally just kill it it's disgusting, so it's, you, it's know,
0: disgusting. All, you know here's here's one thing i'm thankful for you know on this specific topic so i went i i you know I, you know i went to grew up catholic all my life went to catholic high school and you know my on, on my religion class my teacher you know we we my parents had to sign a waiver so we could be shown uh, a film of an abortion happening right yeah and that's when it that's when it really like triggered it for me i'm like okay this is a baby that is getting dismembered it was, it was you know it was hard to watch but you know it made me re- you know it, it helps you uh we become so desensitized to what life is and i'm like that is a baby that is getting murdered in a cold seal table and it you know so anyway in in a sense i'm thankful for that education because it, it helped me you know it showed me the the real value of life inside the womb and and, and that's something people should have more uh consideration for in, in these topics
1: Absolutely. And I I think with uh the uh the school choice movement growing and homeschooling uh has just, like doubled, I think. Um yep. since the beginning of COVID, I think a lot more young people are going to be exposed to things like that when they 're obviously not going to get that in government schools, I mean they will' go to you know any any extent to hide the truth of what an abortion truly is they 're never going to get that education in government schools but all right man well, what you got what's your first thing that you're thankful for
0: i mean look i'm thankful for you know i for grassroots activists really I know you know it's what we do at FreedomWorks, works, but honestly, these are the people who. You know, go beyond making calls and, you know, emailing their congressmen. These are people who are organizing in their communities. They are out there getting people registered to vote. They are educating people on, you know, what Congress is doing, what their le- legislatures are doing, what their city councils are doing. You know, America was pretty much founded on a grassroots movement, if you will, Um and, I, you know, I think, you know, you know, in, in campaigns and politics, everyone cares about, oh, you know, what billionaire is spending this this much money in the TV ads and digital advertising. But no one really talks about the gra- the grind of grassroots work. It's the work that nobody wants to do. It's thankless work. Um, and these people are out there pounding the ground you know organizing on Facebook organizing in their local communities their local tea party groups um there's nothing more american than that in my opinion is is being well versed on what your city or your local state and federal government are doing and be able to talk about it at places like christmas and thanksgiving and be able to tell you know have an educated um an educated conversation on on you know matters of public interest and and that and and at freedomworks we've been able to grow large communities across um across the country of people leveling up their citizen lobbying um and it's beautiful to watch man i think like i said there's nothing more american than than being well versed on what's happening in your in your community and um yeah so thankful for the people who do it by the way volunteer it's all volunteer and that's that's what makes it even more amazing
1: Absolutely, man, a hundred percent, and it really does matter. The the volunteers matter; they make a, a world of difference. Um, good friend of mine and friend of the show, who's been on a million times, Eric Brakey, um, won his. Uh, he ran for Maine State Senate. He he served a couple terms in the Maine State Senate uh, a decade ago, but he ran and won in his old district um, in a year where Republicans got absolutely wiped out uh, in Maine. I mean, they got wiped out. Uh, in the statewide races, and they lost both houses of the main legislature, they got absolutely pummeled. Uh, Eric won because of him and his team of grassroots volunteers. They knocked on over six thousand doors in that in that district, and they won by something like one hundred and fifty votes. okay Wow, so like that does not happen if he if he yeah. didn't pound the pavement yeah. personally and if he didn't have a team of volunteers doing the work on the ground, there 's no way he wins that race.
0: Yeah. And you know the and, and if and if and if the Republicans want to continue, you know, a lot now they're talking a lot about, well, we got our, our butts handed to on, on early balloting this election, blah, blah, blah. Well, guess what? The Democrats are really good at grassroots organizing and at yep. getting out the vote for early ballot. Like if we if we start pushing our grassroots towards, hey, this early ballot gig is here to stay. And if we can organize and do a better job in utilizing our grassroots infrastructure to beat the Democrats where they're at, I think it's it's going to pay off dividends in, in not only 2024, but you know over the next two decades of uh, election cycles. So, yeah, I mean, I'm very thankful. Again, grassroots activism, it's extremely important. It's thankless work, but it's arguably the oper- one of the operations that matter most in, in just public policy and political operations.
1: 100%, and I'll take it a step further and say, if we don't get better at that, then it's all over. I mean, you know, the, the, the mail-in voting, the ballot harvesting, the, the, you know, the election month as opposed to election day, that's not going away. Um, Everybody that could have done something about that lost, right? Carrie Lake lost. Like if she were the governor, she could have done something about uh, you know, Arizona's voting procedures. If uh, what's his name in, in Pennsylvania, who got blown out, if he would have won, Mastriano, if he would have won in Pennsylvania, maybe he could have done something about this. He didn't. Democrat, You know, uh, Wisconsin as well. I mean, Democrats won in all the states that they've been using the system to, uh, you know, I don't know if rigging elections is the right term, but to uh, make it a fertile ground for Democrat victories, let's just say that. So that's not yep. going away. All those Democrats won. And if Republicans don't play catch up and you learn how to use the system to their advantage as well, then— There's no I mean, they have no chance. Um, Next thing I'm thankful for, and this is kind of minor, it's not it's not as important as the other issues we're talking about. But I am legitimately thankful that Elon Musk bought Twitter. All right. (laughs) And I'm not saying Twitter is going to be great. I'm not saying, you know, Elon Musk is no right winger. He's not a free speech absolutist, obviously. But we finally have a social media platform owned by somebody, run by somebody who doesn't hate us, <laughs> you know, right. who doesn't hate everything that we stand for and value. So you know, it's hard to see that as anything less than a, a,
0: a well, major and-
1: victory and definitely an unexpected victory. I definitely, you know, go back, you know, to the beginning of the year, I, I did not see this one coming.
0: Well, and it's Elon Musk, right? This is a guy that is putting rockets, you know, up in space. This is a wicked, wicked smart guy. I mean, he runs Tesla. You know, I, I cannot imagine that he bought Twitter just for the sake of, you know, throwing Republicans and conservatives a bone in, in the censor in, this, in the in the uh, you know censorship wars, right? I I think his in his intent of Twitter goes. I don't think we, we're. I don't think we're. We can imagine right now where he wants to take Twitter, because that's what I would love to know: is where is his head at? What does he want to do with this machine? Is it what is he going to do with all the data? How like, I, you know, there's just so many opportunities for Twitter, and I think he, I think he, he's in a good position to really take out Facebook and take out all these other social media com, uh, companies in the free market, which is even more beautiful to watch.
1: Absolutely, I, I certainly hope so. You know, see, all the, all they had to do is not ban the Babylon Bee. <laughs> I mean, that was, the, that was the straw that broke the camel's back. Heart. Elon Musk <laughs> likes the Babylon Bee; he thinks they're funny, and then the and then the libs banned them for no reason. And he was like, "Whatever, I'm the richest man on earth. I'll buy the company and restore the Babylon Bee." So that's uh, you know, it, we'll look back at at that that tweet. I think it was uh, calling. Rachel Levine, the trans man oh, in, in the man Biden of the administration, year. man of the year, and, then, <laughs> and, and that's it. All they had to do is not pretend to be offended by that joke, and they still would have owned Twitter. But, hey, man, they messed up. They messed up, and Elon made them pay. All right, what you got
0: for us? Um, I'm I so I, I'm I am actually thankful that we're taking back the house. Um, because yeah, it's not by the margins that we really wanted. And yes, I may still be disappointed in our, you know, in, in how we, you know, Republicans perform nationwide. But I'm still thankful because, again, we have an opportunity. The grassroots have an opportunity to hold the political leadership in House Republicans accountable. Uh, we have an opportunity to have more of a say on what type of, uh, on how of how big or small spending bills are going to be. Um, we have an opportunity to to uh to do some to put some conservative wins on the board right we're going to be republicans are going to be leading the charge on trying to pass the farm bill next year okay well if they're going to be doling out money for snap put a conservative win on the board that says that if you want to receive food stamps you ha- there there's got to be work requirements in order for you to receive the government dole like we have these republicans are going to pass these bills, like we know, they're going to disappoint us because they're Republicans. But again, grassroots, we have an opportunity to actually put some conservative wins on the board. Uh, you know, in in the midst of a massive, massive, uh, you know, farm subsidy bill. So I'm thankful for that because um you know the republicans are going to pass a lot of messaging bills and they're going to say how great their bills are they're, they're not going to do anything for the economy so all of the bills that republicans are going to you know they campaign on oh well our commitment to america is, is going to make us energy independent and reduce inflation but those bills are never going to make it to the president's desk and th- therefore they're not going to have any impact on our day-to-day lives so focus on the bills that are going to be the must-pass bills like the farm bill government spending fisa at the end of the year, let's focus on those and put some some wins on the board. So anyway, I am thankful for that because we actually have a chance to uh, hold Biden accountable and actually get some uh, good reforms in a divided government.
1: Yeah, 100 percent. And, you know, like you mentioned, it's not going to feel like a victory a lot of the time. You know, uh, there's a lot of big government Republicans who are fine with, you know, Biden's crazy spending and, and all of this. Right. Um, there are going to cave. There's a lot of milk toast. You know, chinless Republicans out there. There's plenty of them. And they're going to continue to drive us crazy from now until kingdom come. Um, don't get me wrong. But the thing is, we may never know how bad it could have gotten if Democrats did maintain complete control of Congress. Uh, certainly, uh R- Republican majority in the House is going to stop some of the most evil plans of the Democrats. They're not going to stop all of them. They're not going to stop all the spending but they're at least going to prevent some of the spending. They're at least going to prevent some of the, the wildest predations of the left. Um, so right. it is a victory, even if it doesn't feel like it, <laughs> trust me, if we didn't pick up those seats, it would have been much, much worse. And yeah, we we definitely should be thankful for that. Absolutely. So we can end it here. I, uh, I, I am thankful that Nancy Pelosi is no longer in leadership. Um, <laughs> and like, like I said, you know, like, like the last topic, It's not going to feel like a victory very often, maybe. Um, I'm sure whoever replaces her, whether it's Jeffries or someone else, uh, they may even be even worse than Nancy Pelosi. But still, it's worth celebrating. Pelosi is a villain who has pulled her party and, by extension, the country far to the left. Um, She's made San Francisco values, or lack thereof, the foundation of the Democratic Party. And 40 percent, over 40% of the national debt was accrued under Nancy Pelosi's leadership no one in the yep. history of the world has spent as much stolen money as Nancy Pelosi no one has done more damage besides obviously Woodrow Wilson to the US dollar and the American economy, economy than Nancy Pelosi good riddance to the most one of the most nefarious actors in the history of American government
0: now here i'll i'll have a challenge for you here but would you say you're thankful for the people we disagree with politically because, you know, I was thinking about this, you know, all right, what, you know, what's kind of a milquetoast thing I can say, right? (laughs) Um, No, but seriously, it's like, you know, these, the people on the left, they, they allow us to, you know, sometimes they'll, 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 you know, they'll make good points and then find, you know, weaknesses in our arguments. And I think they help us make our arguments better. Um, You know, and and it's also a feature of our society, right? People in California, people in Oregon, they want to live like total crazy libtards, People in Alabama, people in, uh, you know, conservative America, they want to live their, you know, conservative life. And I think, you know, that's kind of a feature of America, right? People go to Congress and they're, hey, my constituents, and they, you know, most of the time they are right. And, you know, but one of the things in Congress is you can't legislate uh, based on one congressional district, right? Everybody has to come together. So I don't know. It's, you know, I think the features of our Constitution and our federal government and how Congress works are are fantastic. They allow for Dissent. Ideally, we would like more dissent to be considered on the floor and not stifled by uh, House, uh, House Republican leadership. But you get the point. Um, you know, it's, uh, we have a great system of government where debate and dissent um, is allowed. Um, and, you know, we just have to continue working to make it stronger.
1: Yeah, absolutely. No, I agree with that. Well, one, more, one more thing I'm going to add before we wrap it up. I am thankful for the rise of Ron DeSantis. Yeah. And and I am a radical. I am an anarchist. I'm not a big fan of government. But uh, so I'm not I'm not politician worshiping here. I'm sure Ron DeSantis will disappoint me a million times over the course of his career. But it is important to have leaders rise up um, who are electorally viable. I mean, you saw him win. A bare majority of Hispanics in Florida. He won Miami Dade County, Duval County, Palm Beach County. I mean, you know, he won sixty percent of the vote after only winning by thirty thousand votes, like a quarter of one percent four years ago. Um, and he's giving Republicans an alternative, a viable alternative to Trump. I mean, you know, whatever you think about Trump. I mean, you know, if, if you don't, if you're like me, and I, I voted for Trump twice, but if you're like me, I, I just do not believe that. Trump can beat Joe Biden in 2024. I don't think he can beat any Democrat in 2024. And it's, you know, some of it's the, you know, his fault, but most of it's not. Most of it is just the fact that you know, white suburban women believe the propaganda about Donald Trump. You know, African Americans yep. believe the propaganda about Trump. So it doesn't matter if it's his fault or if it's the media's fault or whoever's fault. The fact is he he can't win. If he's the guy, he can't win. And, you know, obviously Mike Pence can't beat Donald Trump in a primary, you know, Pompeo or Nikki Haley or, you know, all these, they have no chance. They're not you know, they please go do something else instead of run for president, guys. You know, you can get a book deal without running for president. Um, but DeSantis represents an actual alternative. And I think if we have DeSantis and Trump on a debate stage, he can present Republicans with an option. He can make the case, hey, go with me. I can win. I can beat these guys. And, uh, you know, I I kind of going into this year, you know, I was already a fan of DeSantis. Obviously, he was great during COVID and stuff, but with his resounding victory. And, he, you know, he's essentially the reason why Republicans took back the House, too. He flipped all these Democrat districts red uh, in Florida. And I I just think he's the future of the party. I think he's a guy who can actually win in 24. And, um, you know, as much as I, I don't want rulers at all, right? like I wish that individual politicians weren't important. But this is the real world. This is earth. OK. And having that's right. And having leaders, having people like DeSantis is important, even if the fact that it's important drives me crazy, if that makes sense.
0: Yep. You know, I'll toast. all That's a cheers for me for, a, you know. Ron DeSantis because he's gonna have the most based legislative session next year. Like if he really wants to launch his presidency, he's he's gonna want to kick some butt um, in the next legislative session. You know, privatize uh, schools or something. I don't know, but you get what I'm trying to say. So yeah, you know, we're definitely thankful for uh, Ron DeSantis because again, and he's doing a great job pushing back against the 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 journalism machine and and, and the propaganda. And you know, he's gonna. He's going to provide a good alternative to uh, to President Trump, I think, you know, I, I still think, you know, President Trump has a lot of support um, in the base. I think people still love him. I think he can still win a primary uh, despite, you know, Ron DeSantis and everybody, you know, you know, potentially running against him. So, yeah, I don't you know, we'll, we'll see. I think I think people still underestimate uh, the power that President Trump has in real America. And, you know, that that can go, uh, you know, that must be acknowledged.
1: No, absolutely, a hundred percent. Yeah, there's no uh, there's no guarantees here with Desantis, but I think with Trump announcing so early, I mean, this is earlier than anybody has ever, uh, or any you know credible candidate has ever announced a bid for the presidency. You know, that's a lot of time for Trump to punch himself out to say crazy stuff. You know, that makes people mad. And like you said, you know, Desantis is going to have a heck of a legislative session. Um, I think that wraps up around May, um, and obviously. Republicans picked up huge majorities in both houses of the Florida legislature, which means DeSantis can get a ton of his initiatives through. Um, so I could see a scenario where Trump is just on Truth Social talking crap about everyone for no reason for six months, and then DeSantis just racks up all these conservative victories in the state house. You know, wraps up that session in May and then announces in June with you know riding high on on the coattails of all of these legislative victories that he's brought to existence in florida i think it could be like a perfect storm where a guy like him could could really rise to the top but we'll see it'll be fun man we'll be we'll be covering it <laughs> every step 100%. of the way. but it'll be good yeah it'll be good man It'll be a good year. Hopefully we have even more things to be thankful for next year. Um, obviously, you know, our families and friends and everything. I'm, I'm very, you know, my wife is pregnant with our first child. I'm very stoked about that. I'm grateful to God for that. So and you, you're you're awesome. back in uh, you're back in the, the free city of, of San Diego right now. That's that's something to be thankful <laughs> for as well.
0: Oh, yeah. I mean, it's 70 and sunny out here in November. You can't complain. That's why if you Google America's finest city, San Diego is going to pop up on your screen.
1: Yeah, people that talk crap about California all the time haven't been to San Diego. It's
0: it's like a totally
1: different country in the middle of California. Yeah, are they still? Great, is rude. I know they had a Republican mayor for a while. Do they, they? Are they still Republican Kevin. run?
0: No, unfortunately not. No, uh, we have a uh, the mayor Todd Gloria, who's been a local politician for a while. But yeah, uh, Kevin Faulconer, um, he was the one who uh, his predecessor. Um, he was you know two term uh, mayor. He ran. Um, against Larry Elder in that primary when they were trying to recall Gavin Newsom. Um, So, yeah, no, I think he'll still be around in in California Republican politics. And he's, you know, he was a good mayor for what it's worth, Um, you know, as all things considered. Right. Right. (laughs) Um, But anyway, yeah. But no, it's uh, there's still a lot of, you know, in San Diego, there's still a lot of, you know, conservative, you know, pockets. Um, we have one Republican congressman, uh, Daryl Isa, who's been in Congress for more than 20 years. So, yeah, I mean, there's still a lot of, uh, mostly in rural San Diego, there's definitely uh, more conservative. But, you know, you've you got to remember, California produced two Republican presidents, Ronald Reagan and Richard Nixon. Um, you know, California, you know, we had, uh, what's his name? Arnold Schwarzenegger as, as as a Republican governor, I think we can, California can still right the ship, you know, I think it's just going to be one of those where, you know, you, you, you fall flat on your face, you get up, and then we're going to realize, like, hey, socialist policies don't work, we have a beautiful state, let's right the ship and turn this place red.
1: No, absolutely. It's a little bit more difficult than it used to be, because Republicans are just leaving these areas you know? yeah like you're seeing this mass exodus of Republicans from California and New York but things can still change and people forget man states do change radically and sometimes it doesn't take very long in 2000 everyone was shocked that George Bush won West Virginia because West Virginia had been a Democrat state for 75 years I mean like Bill Clinton won West Virginia by you know 20 25 points like it was like a, a miracle that Republicans won West Virginia—and now, what? you know, I think Trump got, like, 72% of the vote. It's, like, one of the reddest states in the entire country. So, you know, and, thing, and you know, unfortunately it happens in reverse sometimes as well. But, um, you know, states do change, man. It, it You know, industries change. Industries come and go. People, you know, vote with their feet. You just never know, man. You never know what California will look like in 20 years. You know, it, it is—you know, California—you know, Democrats do have a, a, a grip on that state stronger than maybe— any party has over a state ever, so it's going to be tough. But you just never know, man. I mean, if, if West Virginia can radically change like that, you just you never know. You never know hey, what anything's going to be. Let's be optimists like. here. <laughs> Absolutely, Caesar, my brother. Thanks for doing this, man. Let's do it again soon. Where can everybody follow you online, and where can everybody check out Freedom Works?
0: Yeah, freedomworks.org, you know, we have a great website. We're going to be super active next Congress tracking every single vote that Congress is voting on. So whether it is $5 million grant to NIH to fund, I don't know, some random uh, foreign lab, you're going to know about that all the way to the Ukraine spending. You know, we're going to be keeping tabs tabs on your members of Congress uh, to make sure that you know what exactly they are doing day in and day out. Republicans have gotten way too comfortable uh, with with you know without with, without getting any pressure uh, from grassroots activists so now it's time to micromanage them when somebody does bad when an employee is not doing well you micromanage them and you know we're going to micromanage them until they tell us hey we got this we're not going to do dumb things anymore until then we're going to be pushing a lot of pr- putting a lot of pressure on house republicans next congress so freedomworks.org you can find us there and uh, all the fun work that we do
1: Absolutely. You guys are doing the Lord's work over there. And yeah, and everybody, I encourage you, if you uh, if you want to know what the people are up to who are claiming to represent you, <laughs> uh, if you want to find out if they are actually representing you in your state and your district, check out Freedom Works. A lot of valuable information on there. And just a quick note, guys, I am off all of next week. It is gun season for deer in Ohio, which I'm taking the entire week off of work. I will be in the woods with my rifle. Uh, trying to kill enough deer to feed my family for the next year, so that's what I'm doing. That's why I'm off. Uh, it's it's basically a national holiday around here where the the orange army descends on the woods to kill deer. So that's what I'll be up to. But I will be back a week from Monday. Everybody follow Caesar. He's great. That's all I got for today. I'm Brady Leonard. No gimmicks. <laughs>